The Business Podcast Blueprint Show typically focuses on how companies can use a podcast to help support their marketing and development activities. That's who we serve as a company, and that's who we're creating content for. But there is always, always, always value in learning from people who are approaching podcasting from a different angle and for different reasons. My guest today is Paula Thomas, the host of Let's Talk Loyalty, a show that was designed and built to be a business in and of itself, and it is thriving. Let's Talk Loyalty is the first podcast for loyalty marketing professionals and is ranked by listening notes as being the top 5% of podcasts globally. Paula has made some really interesting and impressive strategy and marketing decisions over the course of building this podcast and building this business. And these decisions have paid off in terms of a global listenership, industry reputation, and of course, as a full-time job for several people. She has even changed my opinion about, in certain situations, paid guest spots. So we're going to be talking about sponsorship and partnerships and the importance of beginning with the end in mind today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Paula, thank you so much for joining me here on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. I'm delighted to have you. I'm delighted to talk with you today, Megan. Thank you. Okay, so you are uh, a veteran podcaster, I think it's fair to say at this point, with all of the work that you've done and put in. Um, but I'd love to talk about, uh, to start, how you got into kind of the industry in which you now podcast. Can you just tell us a little bit what is loyalty, loyalty marketing, and uh, how did you find yourself in it? Yeah, yeah, it's a great starting point as context, Megan. For me, I suppose I'd worked in lots of different types of marketing. So we all know brand marketing. We all know the big uh, sexy campaigns that some people work on, uh, digital marketing. So I had done a lot of work, I guess, in the digital marketing space, but I didn't quite have the analytical brain, I think, that you need to be successful in that. But it's really interesting, in fact, when, when the world is in crisis, um, as it has been, unfortunately, recently, but even previously, of course, with um, the 2008 uh, major global recession, that's certainly a time, Megan, when uh, a lot of big brands tend to realize that actually customers are their only source of revenue. And if they lose them, actually, you know what, their business is going, you know, literally downhill very, very quickly. So... I was very lucky to be in the right place at the right time. A huge telecommunications brand in Ireland, where I'm from, um, called O2, had realized that they literally need to reduce churn. So industry terminology for the hugely competitive nature of, you know, mobile phone business. So they had launched a, a loyalty program and it wasn't working very well. So somebody decided I had the skills to fix it. And here we are. <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> Well, congratulations, and, and I'm sure the company was over the moon that you were able to help solve that extremely critical problem. It um, was critical, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and loyalty marketing, it's so important, uh, you know, as especially online business owners, uh, it's so much easier to keep a customer than to get a new one. Uh, and totally. It's so much easier to start working with someone who is referred. Uh, yeah. Even maybe that is an aspect of loyalty, like referral marketing. I know we see that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's so important and so good for people to be thinking of. Yeah, but um, sure. when did you decide, hey, you know what, I, I should have a podcast to talk about this? Well, I decided in early 2019, and I can tell you the exact moment, Megan. So I'm a huge fan of Seth Godin. I don't know if you or your listeners know him. Um, extremely well-known marketing guru. And Seth Godin has been writing a daily blog about marketing for, I'm going to say, close on 20 years, I think now. I mean, the man is just remarkable. 
But he happened to particularly one day, and I think it actually was in, in audio form, and I remember him saying that actually a podcast had the same power and potential as a blog would have. But if you were the host of a podcast, it was kind of like being the host of the coolest party in town. Like, <laughs> if you ask people to come on your show, everybody will come. So I thought, I love that, isn't it? So here we are. So so the light bulb went off, Megan, I would definitely say. Um I guess for me, I was looking to do something that felt a little bit innovative, but not too technical. And for me, definitely podcasting uh, ticked all those boxes. And as well, it was brilliant, actually, because, you know, he had a training course. So I went and did all of that. So it took about six months to build up the courage, if I'm honest, Megan, from, you know, light bulb to to delivery and launch of something. But um, yeah, I'm super proud of it. And now, like, let's talk loyalty. My show is 327 episodes. And yeah, we're we're super proud. We're rocking. Well, I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say all of that. I mean, for Seth Godin, I think he, he was the first marketing author I ever read a book of. I remember being in high school and finding The Purple Cow and thinking, oh, this I could get into. So I think he sees great. And, uh, and also, I'm really glad you said, you know, there was this delay between when you're like, I should podcast and starting your podcast. Because a lot yeah. of people really rush into it without kind of thinking about what it might look like or what it might mean. So it, it's really good to hear that you put in that that thinking and that planning and that preparation time yeah. uh, getting into launch. And as you say, over 300 episodes, that's not bad for, what, four years? That's that's a lot of podcasting. For sure. Um, I mean, we were part-time, Megan. Uh, I was still consulting for, I guess, the first kind of two years. And eventually I kind of went, you know what, I'm going to go all in. So I do think that there is a principle about, um, well, certain things, I suppose, in life that we do. And I think if you give your full energy, attention and focus to something, then, of course, the chances of success are so much higher. So, yeah, seems to be working. That's all I can tell you. Awesome. And I definitely want to dig into the move to full-time because um, that I think is going to be compelling for a lot of people listening. But I want to kind of go back to those early days for a few more minutes. So as you were getting into podcasting, do you remember yeah. any particular like um, in hindsight missteps that you made or lessons that you learned or things that looking back, you're like, oh, I should have done that a little bit differently. What were some of your early learnings from the process? Well, I think, you know, I, I was happy that I had done the training course. So so I think that actually probably prevented a few of the things that otherwise I wouldn't have known intuitively. So I guess you would know, Megan, you know, the, the principle of consistency is something that that's actually, to be honest, more than being super strategic and organized for those kind of six or eight months. What I was doing was waiting to see if I could really show up in a way that I could be consistent. Because I can tell you that, you know, any form of content, of course, is extremely time consuming. And I had started blogs in the past and stopped and started. And I just didn't want to be that podcaster. And I had been told. <laughs> totally. But like, it's too embarrassing. I can't, I can't do it badly. You know, I, I actually have a reputation now that I can lose. So the stakes are higher. So, yeah, for me, I suppose the other piece was, you know, somebody had said, again, another statistic which, which stayed with me was 90% of podcasts never get past seven episodes. So, again, I'm like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to be that person that stops and starts. So, so I think that was a key learning, which, again, I had the benefit uh, in advance uh, to prevent making the mistake. But... I think what I learned by doing it, probably one of the most important early things was I really wanted to interview brands that were compelling to my audience. 
So it's one thing to kind of sit down and, you know, Paula talks all about loyalty. You and I, I'm sure, could talk about loyalty if we wanted to. But unless there's a recognition of the role of my guest in the industry. So, for example, you know, British Airways was one of my very first guests. Um, you know, Sky, for example, huge um, TV channel in the UK. Yeah. Emirates Airline here in the UAE. Microsoft, Ikea. So my mom and pop companies. Yeah. like <laughs> Like if they're doing loyalty, I want to know what they're doing. Yeah, and that's that's I suppose the insight that I knew the audience also craved. So I thought, look, if I can be relentless in sourcing the guests, so that I get that tiny window on the screen as somebody's scrolling to decide what they're going to listen to. Well, that means I will get an audience and also I'll satisfy my own insatiable curiosity about this industry because honestly, it's super cool what we do and there isn't enough uh, talk about it. So yeah, it, it works on all fronts. Oh, I love that. And that's kind of one of the um, like the very open secrets, I think, of podcasters is a lot of us are just into it to get to talk to these really cool people and ask them all our questions. Totally. <laughs> totally selfish. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all about education and inspiration, but no, I'm super curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, so as, as a new podcaster, you know, how did you approach a big brand like that and, and get that, that FaceTime with the person? What was, what was your approach? So the approach, I have to say, Megan, you know, it's extremely tough. Um, and now I'm, I'm very thankful I have a full-time guest manager in the team to, to do that. And, and like that, she's kind of going, oh, my God, this is hard. And I'm like, yes. So, you know, my background was in sales as well, I suppose, in, in a former life. So, you know, I suppose, practically speaking, uh, LinkedIn is, of course, where most loyalty marketing professionals are. So I was able to be single-minded in terms of knowing where to find them. And then it was just a case. And particularly when we started, it was one show a week. Um, so I would literally, I had obviously a template and I would send that to probably 10 people every morning. Um, a kind of a short LinkedIn request going, you know, I have this industry podcast and we'd love to have you as a guest. And eventually people started responding. And, you know, as, as we built our reputation, I guess, and hmm. we're consistent, of course, then we start to get some inbound as well. But I would say still the vast majority is outbound, Megan, because yeah. we know the profile of the guest we want. And um, yeah, there's not many of those that pitch us. There was one or two, though, that I was super chuffed when they asked to be on the show. So yeah, it, it does work both ways. That it must always be a really nice feeling, too, you know, when you when you finally it's like, oh, yes, they're coming to me. That's, that's good. <laughs> and they're the right ones. They're not just yeah. the, you know, the people on the PR bandwagon that uh, are totally irrelevant, that we're all as podcasters going, have you ever listened even to my five minute show? Like, pretend to care. <laughs> you know, the, the, the only thing I'm, I've, I, I'm really glad we started our, our company podcast, this show last year. Um, but before that, you know, we were a podcast production agency. We had no podcast and it was the easiest way to weed out and copy paste sales in the world. Yes. They say, oh, I love your podcast. Uh huh. And I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like you, you just looked at the name on the website. <laughs> it's just it blows my mind. I like I'd rather do less and do it well. And um, but yeah, this kind of like you know spammy type approach. I mm -hmm. think we're all super wise to it now. And I actually ignore it. I used to feel it was important to reply, but now I'm like, no. If you can't do the decency now of actually you know, writing one email to me um, because I do have a profile in the industry now, so I don't waste our time on on, uh, on rubbish. So, yeah, so that's fine. I think huh? that's absolutely reasonable. I mean, you can you can put up, it's like gatekeeping 
it, totally. it, culture is pretty bad. But gatekeeping for your podcast is pretty important because you really do want to be protecting. You, as you say, it takes so much work to do all of this. You can't waste your time exactly. on, uh, on people who aren't reading the list. Exactly. Absolutely. So let's now jump into the the transition to full time. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big leap going from you know this is part of what I do you know as you know career development or as part of my marketing to yeah. this is what I'm doing to make my living. So kind of when did you think this is what I want to do and what kind of steps did you take to make it happen? Yeah, well actually I did that as part of that kind of preparation phase that we talked about already. So. What I decided was, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it as a business. So I, you know, looked around our industry and I can see very clearly, you know, the needs of the, let's say, the technology companies in particular that supply very expensive software platforms into loyalty programs. And I could see that they were struggling to reach their audiences. So typically their marketing activities would be to go and sponsor events and conferences and all of that kind of stuff. So, so I kind of realized the business opportunity would be to get those brands that have a marketing budget and create an audience that would be valuable for them. So I suppose, you know, when I mentioned consistency earlier, Megan, I was, I was consulting for loyalty programs separately, but what I said is I'm going to be as consistent as if it was already sponsored, like. I'm not mm -hmm. going to hope it's going to be sponsored, miss a week, and then, you know, go, oh, but it'll be better when you're paying for it. I kind of thought, no, we need to go again all in in terms of, so I pulled back on the, the consultancy work and devoted time to professionally building this podcast yeah. in a way that it was sellable um, in terms of a, a, a marketing channel. And then I guess, you know, launched, uh, you know, August 2019. And it was April 2020 when I got my first sponsor. So that was super nice. Yep. And, you know, very, um, very exciting, of course, um, a global brand, but one that, of course, had never done anything in audio. Uh, but somebody knew me from, you know, previous work I had done. I'd spoken at an event. So there was an element of credibility. So. When I kind of went, okay, look, I'm six months in, I feel like I'm at least going to ask for sponsorship. I, I kind of knew who to ask. So I was very lucky. And then I guess I just kept building that. So when it got to a point where I thought, okay, the consulting work now is not inspiring me and the income I know is, is available, <clears throat> then actually it was just a case of being brave. And uh, yes, literally in January 2022. So uh, one year ago from when we're recording today, when I literally went, right, here I am. I'm a full-time professional podcaster. Oh, that's that's fantastic. It's very exciting. And I love the intentionality that went all into it. Because I think, and, and you know, maybe you've seen this in, in other uh, podcasts or a few people you know who podcast. It's really easy to get started and having that clear path and the, the clear goals for your podcast is actually really challenging. It's kind of, uh, it's really hard within the industry to imagine, here's what a podcast can really do. Totally. Um, or you've got a vague idea that, oh, we'll get sponsorship and it'll cover my costs at least. And it's like, well, actually, no, you, there's a lot of work that goes into making that a possibility. For sure. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, it, it was, um, uh, you know, experience in sales, a previous experience, or was it more the training or, or the advice that you got that helped you figure out, no, this is the planning I need to do. This is the product I need to be building to be able to make it sponsor in, of sponsor interest. 
Well, I had sold media, so it wasn't mm. just like I wasn't selling, you know, widgets. <laughs> um, so I, I did, you know, I suppose at least have formats and templates and, mm. and, and I knew what to expect in terms of B2B sales. So, you know, again, like I, I really have an understanding, I suppose. Now, in the Irish market previously, whereas, of course, now it's global. Um, but I think that for me was critical given that I mm. decided to do it myself. Now, I don't yeah. know whether, you know, you guys, for example, or other agencies offer services to commercialize a podcast. I guess there is opportunity there. But, mm. you know, I think the whole uh, revenue model that a lot of podcasts use is is unsustainable, actually, um, for, for a, a podcast like mine. So, you know, the CPM model where, you know, you kind of mm. need, I think, 50,000 downloads a month before you get a few dollars in your bank account, that which just wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm desperately interested because most of the podcasts that we work with, they are um, run by businesses, uh, and their their main benefit is to you know promote their own products or services and use okay. that that the time is more valuable for that for that business for that podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm really interested in getting all of these details because it is a little outside of my experience to have a, a commercialized, funded, sponsored podcast. So I'm uh, yeah. extremely grateful for this opportunity. Sure. Uh, and so, so what kind of sponsorship model? Um, do you have like what does a sponsorship package look like when you're when you're selling it to someone? Yeah, so it's it's quite um, simplistic at the moment, Megan, and we do need to offer, I would say, a lot more coming into 2023. But um, in simple terms, I I suppose I equate it. First of all, we do host red ads, which obviously yeah. is the industry terminology. But when I'm talking to people who don't know what a host red ad means, they're kind of going, what? I'm like, it's like a radio ad. It's like 30 seconds on the radio, exactly the same. And it just means that I'm actually going to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, there may be, you know, an opportunity to do that in a different voice. You know, that that's probably a topic or discussion for another day. But to me, um, first of all, I knew from listening to podcasts that I loved uh, probably the first audio ad I would hear. Now, I didn't love the second one, the third one, or, you know, if there was, you know, five minutes of um, content, advertising content, in my mind, getting in the way of the editorial, mm-hmm. then I, I didn't like that. So so one of the policy decisions I made up front, Megan, is I will have one sponsor per show. That's it. Okay. Um, or one advertiser, actually, to use to use my, my own correct terminology. So it's usually, I'm going to say it probably runs to like a one-minute ad. But again, it's clear, and I'm happy to make sure that that sponsor gets their ad and gets to say exactly what they want. So that's the first element. And because we're now publishing three shows a week, obviously that's, you know, 156, uh, if I could do my maths, 156 um, host read ad slots that we can sell um, on, on on an annual basis. The other thing that actually is more appealing to my particular sponsors is essentially executive interviews. So a lot of these guys, they do want to be, you know, perceived as thought leaders. And again, they're they're in the market. They're talking with clients all of the time. So they always have a very well-informed view, actually. So they're actually very interesting interviews. So my only rule is that they're not allowed to talk about their technology because, honestly, you can't <laughs> do justice to it, you know? Like, <laughs> And most people are not actually shopping for technology when they're listening to my show. So, so we keep it as an executive interview. It's positioning is thought leadership. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we would typically do, you know, two or three of those, again, for each of our sponsors during the year. 
And again, in the show description, we'd be very clear that this is from a sponsor. Um, and of course, people, you know, have the ultimate choice whether to stay listening or not. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, fundamentally, I, I find that that content is equally interesting to the audience as any of the brands that we interview. So it's working really well. I think that what a great idea, too, because, you know, you, you make a really good point that these executives, they are industry experts. Exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, they that desire to be seen and perceived as a thought leader um, is very real. And podcast guesting is a fantastic way to do it. So it sounds like a really nice match between getting this, um, yeah. you know, often maybe not not stand, It's not the PR voice. Uh, exactly. You know, it's not the, it's, that's a really, really great strategy. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. And off the, off the re- sorry, just as a, a separate uh, comment, um, Seth Godin fully disapproves of that strategy. So, uh, <laughs> so I was a little conflicted, but you know, I gotta, I gotta have an income. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, and I think what, what's interesting about that is because, uh, uh, as a rule, I would say I do too. Um, yeah. Because you know, when you look at some of the podcasters, you know, they just basically charge you know five thousand dollars to come appear on the show. There's a you know big yeah. Uh, yeah. entrepreneurship podcast that does that. Um, it does really feel like an ad is very much presented like, you know, you are just buying advertising. But I like yeah. the angle that you're taking here uh, in the, you know, finding the insights and uh, that they these people will have that yeah. they are happy to pay for the exposure. You know, it is a part of their marketing budget to get in front of this type of audience. Um, I think it's a, it's a really, um, I'm completely losing my word, but it's, it's a really, yeah. there's a lot it's of integrity effective. in that approach. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's effective. And I think there's a lot of integrity because you're, you're creating this great content and you're really aware of the fact yeah. that people are interested in what they have to say. And I think that really validates, uh, it's changed my opinion a little on that strategy, yeah. actually. So, so thank you. Good. <laughs> oh, and I can tell you what one sponsor said to me is when they want to know what their competitors are doing, they listen to them being interviewed on my show. Oh, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> like, who knew? Oh, my God. Okay. So, actually, this is, I thought they'd be super threatened and totally upset that I was interviewing their competitors. They're like, no, no, no. We need to know what they're talking about. So, I'm like, okay. Super interesting. Yeah. Works. It works. Yeah. So, I'm happy. <laughs> awesome. So, now you mentioned that you've got a full-time guest manager. Uh, yeah. And I know you have a team that helps you support this. What is, what's your team configuration for, for, you know, a podcast that is a job? What does it look like? Totally, totally. Well, well, step one for me, Megan, was immediately. So, I mean, literally from episode one, I have had an outsourced editor. So for me, <laughs> people like you guys, I love you. I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I almost can't pay you enough. It's just make my life easy. Unbiased opinion. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Honestly, I I, I, I had a, a strategy call after three years today with my editor for the first time. And we were like, actually, we should talk. We should talk business. <laughs> but he's so amazing. Like, I, I honestly couldn't do without him. But what I what I realized is I've got my strengths. You know, I can gut those guests. So I will I will deliver on that. And I will interview them in a way that at least I find interesting. And please God, other people do as well. But when it comes to fiddling with the, you know, audio levels and all of that kind of stuff, I take the idiot-proof approach, Megan. I, I have this USB headphone. I'm sitting now in, in you know, my bedroom at home with a little bit of a studio setup, but that's it. So so to answer your question, I've, I've outsourced the editing from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose when I went full-time after three months, um, I brought in my first team member who is, his, his role is essentially, I call it production and publishing. Uh, he ha- happens to do kind of graphic design as well, but his name is John and um, I just had a lot of admin. So, 
you know yourself, you, you've got to get it on the hosting site, then it's got to be on LinkedIn and it's got to be, you know, you got to get the transcription and there is so much detail. A lot of work. Uh, it really is. And, and the more time and effort that you can put into it, the better the response. So we have a lot of partners as well that we promote the show through. So I, I also needed somebody just kind of making sure, okay, this episode's got to go to those guys and these guys and make sure they email it out, they email it out. And so our whole distribution strategy for the for the show is to be, I suppose, the default audio content creator for every loyalty industry association in the world. So if there's anybody who's got a community of loyalty professionals, I have definitely at least pitched. I mightn't have always gotten it, but I'll at least go, look, if you're not planning your own podcast, can I be your podcast partner and I'll promote your association? So we do all those kind of deals. So publishing and a little more to that in a minute, but please continue what you're saying first. <laughs> sure, sure. I love talking about this stuff. So so, so that's team member one, full time. And then uh, Pooja, my guest manager, mm -hmm. is team member number two. So um, fair play, Pooja actually had no marketing background or sales background, but she, um, she saw me recruiting and she just put a really good pitch together. And I just thought, you know what? I like her. I'm going to give her a shot. So I've been training her relentlessly, I would say, uh, obviously, to get her up to the, the standard that we need. So so she's now full time as well. So uh, so that's amazing. And then tomorrow, Megan, I have a client success manager joining the team. So very exciting. And so what's, what's going to be the role of a client success manager? So she will be taking care of those sponsors. So, ah, yeah. You know yourself. So they're the ones that are paying the bills, paying the salaries. And it should be very happy. <laughs> honestly, you know, I mean, I can't do enough for them. But when I was the one trying to go and find new sponsors, manage current sponsors, record shows, honestly, there just wasn't enough hours in the day. So I felt I was neglecting from time to time. So, yeah, so we have a full time. So a team of four now in 2023. That is really, really exciting. And, and how it must have been so, or must be so gratifying to see something, you know, that you did start completely, you know, by yourself with the hand of an editor uh, and, and watching it grow into the, you know, this, this business that is now supporting multiple people and, and delivering really high value. That, that's extremely cool. Thank you. And quite rare, Megan, I think you'd agree. There's actually not that many podcasts that are commercially successful. So that yep. is something I'm super proud of beyond other businesses that I've maybe tried or done bits and pieces or mm -hmm. clearly I've been consulting for 15 years. So, but it's different to create a product. So yeah, I'm, I'm extra proud of this one for sure. It really is. I think it's 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 creating a product is exactly what it is. And I mean, like it's, it's kind of um, adjacent to One Stone Creative's area of, of expertise. Yeah. And it, there's a reason for that. It's that, you know, I, I, my personal experience, my business partner's experience, we have been working with business owners doing more high-level marketing or more general marketing. Podcasting okay. fits neatly into that. But podcasting as a business really has its own specific needs, wants, uh, okay. uh, industry yeah. standards. It, it's a whole different way of approaching podcasting, which is really cool. For sure. Um, yeah. So uh, I've got two additional questions. One is a follow-up on to, so the promotional partners, you are basically the podcast for other businesses, other industries, other organizations, kind of what does that relationship look like? Um, if you're the podcasting partner for someone, what, how does that work? So, so it's the same content, Megan. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially what we do is we say, look, you know, of course we're on all the podcast channels, but there are specific episodes and we have a, a quite a complex plan. I'm sure it could be simpler, but the way we've evolved it is to basically say, you know, we don't want our content to be promoted um, in duplicate, essentially, for search engine reasons, actually. 
we don't want the identical content showing up on lots of different websites. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've identified the, the biggest, I suppose, associations with the biggest audiences. And, you know, when I got the first ones, they're, they're, they're in the US. I literally said, look, again, you guys are not doing audio, but you have the biggest community. So I'll give you exclusivity in that I won't allow anybody else have the, the player, for example, to embed yeah. my content on their website. If they link to me, I can't, I can't stop them. But in terms of me promoting you and you promoting me, let's keep this on a, an exclusive like dating basis where essentially they put me into their industry newsletter, which goes to 12,000 loyalty marketing professionals every single week. So I get included in there. And then in the outro from my podcast, we will always have this default ad. It's now twice a week saying the Wise Marketeer, which is the name of the website, what they do and their loyalty training academy. So again, I exclusively promote them as the only loyalty training academy that I will endorse because I've also studied it as well. So so it's a contra deal. We, we swap our, our media um, skills and our audiences and yeah, people find me through them and people find them through me. So, and they've told me, I think they said I'm the fifth most visited content on their website. So very nice for, for, for a, a website that, that honestly <clears throat> creates extraordinary number of kind of articles and like just amazing amount of content. Um, yeah. So they've given me like a nice uh, text link on their homepage. It mm -hmm. says uh, podcast. So yeah, anybody can go there and find Let's Talk Loyalty. Very, very cool. Now, um, did that idea kind of spring from you fully formed and you're like, oh, this is the direction we need to go? Or, or how did you how did you kind of come to the fact that, you know, hey, this is there's this big organization. They don't do audio. I do audio. But without that uh, kind of pre-existing affiliation, uh, how did you well, go about it? Well, I guess my 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 kind of marketing background, especially on the loyalty side, included negotiating partnerships. So mm. I think it's a mindset, you know, so when when you go looking for, you know, how can I do business with these people when I have no money? Um, there has to be something you can offer in return. So especially if you want a long term partnership. So, yeah, for me, it was um, a very intentional strategy. Um, it's definitely evolved, I'm sure, uh, and, and will continue to um, as other players enter the market. But no, it was definitely essential to me because you know what it's like. You can't necessarily afford to promote your own podcast. Um, so you need help. Of course, we all do. Promotion is, is the worst part for, it, I think, almost yeah. every podcast <laughs> across the board. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. I think so. We all know what it's like to create a podcast that nobody listens to. Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. We do. It's a sad reality. <laughs> well, um, so one, uh, one more thing I'd love to, to ask you about is you do something uh, really interesting. You have people host episodes, guest host for you. Yeah. Um, what's that all about? And, and so why did you choose that to go that direction? And how did, how did you make it happen? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great question, Megan. And I suppose the background is uh, like a year and a half ago, I was actually on somebody else's podcast like like this. And I was talking to the guy and he happens to be very successful with his show. He's kind of top 1% um, in listen notes. So I just said to him, like after we recorded, I was like, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, you don't have to host every episode of your show. And I'm like, I was shocked. I was like, appalled. I would find that shocking. <laughs> like, but it's the Paula Thomas show. And, you know, I sat with my, my ego and my, and my belief for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went, he is totally right. Because if I, if I want to move beyond, you know, a podcast into becoming essentially a platform, which is how I think about it now, mm -hmm. 
then it can't be the Paula show. So mm-hmm. if I think about like, where can I go in the future? Like, I would love to think that I could create a business that could be sold. So if it's a business that needs to be sold, then it can't be requiring Paula to show up and record and, and publish three shows a week. So mm-hmm. so I think that was kind of what prompted me to go, let me try having one guest host, somebody I know, somebody I trust. And mm-hmm. an immediate uh, person came to mind. She is an industry thought leader in South Africa. Her name is Amanda Cromhaus. And she does loads of content, Megan. So like a lot of brands, she is, you know, running events. She's running conferences. uh, She's doing webinars. And she had done, like, I'm going to say a handful of podcasts. But I think like a lot of people, and I'm guessing like a lot of your clients, you know, she didn't have the editing skills um, or capacity. And she didn't have the time to build an audience. So again, I just kind of pitched her as a partnership and said, again, I have no money, uh, but... How about you create one show a month for me as Let's Talk Loyalty, and I will promote it to my global audience of people who really want to hear your perspective. So we tried it for six months, and we have both been super happy. So she's continuing, and I now have a second one launched and three more in the pipeline. So it's working. It's super, super working. So far, Megan, I'm, I'm afraid to say too much too soon as well, I guess. But I don't want my audience to feel like his Paul is running away and abandoning the show. So yeah. I'm keep, keeping one a week. And the other thing I do is every single episode is introduced by, you know, me as the founder and introducing the host. So there's no such thing as an episode that's just published by somebody that the audience don't know without me telling them why they're there. So I think that's an important connection. Yeah, I think that that's a great nuance, too, because I know sometimes in and um, in our, our industry within our clients, we see sometimes uh, flipping the mic and so having someone come on to the show and interviewing the normal host. And that can be really, really fun. But making yeah. it a, a permanent um, series, it's almost like a, a bonus or a feature uh, feature episode that can kind of become part of the normal content calendar. Uh, really cool strategy. And, and uh, there's a great way to get more voices uh, yes. in front of, you know, this valuable and interested audience. And I find it fascinating to our point earlier about, you know, asking all those questions that you didn't know you needed the answers to. Now I'm like, oh, my God, that's brilliant that she asked that. I would never have thought of that. So to me, the audience is super happy as well. I can see from the downloads it's, it's working. So, yeah, please, God, it's uh, continuing. That's awesome. I love kind of the thread that has come up through all of these decisions that you've made and the plans that you've made of really deciding what you want this end outcome to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to have the option of selling and you know, you wanted this to become a product. Um, do you have a next goal that you're going to be working on instituting? What's, uh, what's in your future if you can share and if you can't, that's completely fine. Um, I would say I am evaluating uh, three options. Um, mm-hmm. One I think you'll particularly like. So let me focus on that. <laughs> And uh, hopefully we can keep the conversation going. So I am so convinced about the power of podcasting for brands that I'm actually going to write a book about it. So I do love that. (laughs) I thought you might. So it's very scary. But uh, the title is The Power and Pitfalls of Podcasting for Brands because we all know nothing's perfect and that there's, you know, a lot of work and a lot of um, risk that goes uh, alongside it, particularly for big global brands. But I am a firm believer that every, certainly every brand that has invested in a loyalty program, I'm coming at it from my same perspective of you're investing in points, you're investing in prizes, you're investing in this. Why are you not investing in 
actually an authentic conversation with your customers, your members. So I believe every brand uh, that wants to differentiate itself um, really can can leverage podcasting. So so I'm going to write the book. Um, and yeah, there's other things in the pipeline as well. But please, God, we can talk about that when I do write the book. So give me a and bit well, of time. When you do write the book, I hope you let me know so you can come back and we can tell everyone who's listening to the show about it. We'll make sure everyone gets it because, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. that, you know, if a brand it does want to invest, like audio is becoming more and more table stakes for being totally. part of a comprehensive communications plan. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's a media that it's a platform people are using and yes. friends should be there if they want to be connecting with their their users and their audiences. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, agree. This has been so interesting. Thank you for being so generous uh, with your your knowledge and your experience uh, and, and the thinking that has gone into creating your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. I'm very proud of it and very pleased to be able to share it with you. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. And just uh, where can people uh, find you? Everything will be, of course, in the show notes. Uh, but where uh, would you like to connect with people who would maybe like to learn all about loyalty or uh, get a little kind of closer to your business and what you're doing? Absolutely. I would say, of course, let's talk loyalty.com is our website. So all of our content is there, including contact details for me. And then I guess LinkedIn, Megan is the obvious one. So Paula Thomas, um, super easy. I'm very active on LinkedIn. And anyone who wants to reach out, please do. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Marvelous. Paula, thank you again. Thank you, Megan. As always, thank you for joining me here today. I'm Megan Doherty, the co-founder of One Stone Creative. And this episode of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show was produced in collaboration with the entire team. If you like the show, it would be a huge help to us if you could subscribe on your favorite listening platform and share it with someone who might find it valuable too. Thank you and see you next time.